Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Chew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh boy. 
Gonna get in all kinds of trouble today. Chris, just get ready on the phone lines. 877-377-4373. We are going to get to the brand spanking new riots in D.C., riots in Philly, riots in Brooklyn. We're getting to all that. We'll get to this Hunter Biden, Tony Bobolinsky audio. We're pulling a bunch of that for you. That is explosive. But first, let's say something that nobody ever says anymore. Let's go to Portugal. <laughs> Quick, Chris, we can make jokes. As listeners of this show know, it's fun to make fun of Portugal. Basically, because no one really thinks about it anymore. But there was a time when Portugal was big time. Now, how did that happen? It's not difficult when you look geographically at places. And it's, I mean, you can solve so many problems by just, just looking geographically at places. You can get great explanations. It's not hard to figure out why England would be big time. Big island, prep a navy, get the right culture in there, you do fine. Same with places like France. Look at all the absurdly, absurdly wealthy territory there. China. There's a reason China's been wealthy and powerful forever. Look at it. You can see. You have eyes. How did Portugal ever become big time? Look at them. It's not as if they were markedly different back then. They're like a pimple on the rear end of Europe. They don't even own the own peninsula. Spain has most of it. How did Portugal get big time? Well, Portugal used that one thing that has helped nations advance throughout the history of mankind, that has helped individual people advance throughout the history of mankind. In fact, you can make the argument this one thing has done more to help man and nations themselves advance than any other thing in the history of mankind. And that thing is necessity. What if you're Portugal? What if you are a pimple on the rear end of Europe? You don't have much, right? You don't even have your own peninsula. You don't have anything Oh, gosh, we're stuck here on the end, and oh, gosh, we're just pretty much surrounded by water. Wait a minute. We're surrounded by water. Maybe we should get in it. Maybe we should figure out how to do that thing better than anyone else did. And Portugal began to do that. You see... The history, and I'm going to way oversimplify this, as you know I do, the history of navies, of ships, of, of naval warfare, of shipping itself, it really kind of goes from 
Well, let's stay on the lake. All right, let's get in the ocean, but not too not too far. We've only got oars here. All right, that, those those couple oars in this smaller ship worked really well. What if we got a bunch of oars on a bigger ship? That'll work well. Oh shoot, we want to fight their ships. Uh, hey, let's ram them. Let's just ram them. I'm not making that up. You realize that used to be naval warfare. They would put gigantic heavy pieces of bronze on the end of ships and they would just run into each other. They would just run into each other. I'm still blown away by that. I'm sorry, what's the plan? We're to Okay. All right. Or they would ride beside the other ship. You know, you can picture an old old, you know, Greek style vessel with with oars pointed out the side and they would try to run right alongside it and shear off the oars disabling the other ship's ability to move. I mean, how how primitive is that? We're just hey, let's try to break the oars today. And trade and defense of said trade and defensive nations means people started experimenting. What if we made the ships a little wider? What if we made them a little deeper? What if we made them a little longer? What if we made them heavier? What if we made them lighter? How far out into the ocean can we go? What if, wait, what if we added some sails? What if we didn't have to row? What if, I mean, the wind's blowing. Why can't we use the wind? And then things advance in that way. However, necessity. Necessity helps us grow. The lack of necessity can make us stagnant and stale. And as you're about to find out today, the lack of necessity can be deadly. You see, the situation on the ground, think 1400s. Our story's going to take place 1509, so just 1500. Fine. The situation on the ground is this. Spain's powerful. The regular European nations are powerful. This is a time, though, where the Ottoman Empire is really, really powerful. They are a Muslim empire, and that's going to come into play. In fact, virtually everything between Europe and India is Muslim. It's good and bad, depending on your point of view. I mean, point of view at the time. I'm only talking historical perspective here. If you're in the Middle Eastern areas, if you're in that area between Europe and India, it's dang good for you because the rise of Islam meant the rise of technological advances, of uh, societies that just work better together. We've talked about this before. It's not an accident Every empire of any significance in the history of mankind had a religion, period. Religion is how you organize your culture. It's how you decide what's right and what's wrong. You come up with religious traditions that actually help things. Uh, Muslims traditionally, very clean people. They view that's necessary in their religion. Do you think that maybe helps in a period of time where many people didn't bathe? You think maybe you're going to suffer from less disease than the next society over when you keep clean? Things like that. 
So they're advancing. However, if you're Europe, you're a Christian place, a Catholic place. Well, these dirty Muslims are getting pretty uppity over here, getting pretty powerful. And it is, look, everything's a power play, too, and we've talked about this before. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like this was all about religion. No, this is about Jesus. This is about Allah. That There was plenty of that mixed in, but a lot of this is simply about, well, what's it always about? Money and power. And during the crusades and the wars Europe had, with the Muslim world, they got introduced to something as happens when you take your armies and you travel long distances. You start to find out about other things, the bad and sometimes the good. And I'm not just talking about hot Egyptian chicks. I got introduced. Well, I'll tell you in a second. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. Travel internationally, you get introduced to more than pretty palm trees and exotic women. In all seriousness, you get introduced to spices. We have had this conversation before. Let us have it again because you and I each need to wake up every single day and take a moment, take several moments throughout the day and count our blessings. I have had plenty of periods in my life where I didn't have money, to put it mildly. Didn't have money and out of work. Pretty much every single one of those times in my life, I could still, at any moment, get up from my couch or beanbag chair, depending on how well I'm doing, 
walk over to the kitchen, open up a spice-covered bowl of little things of spices. Chris, Jewish producer Chris, everybody knows is the cheapest human being alive. He probably tries to grow his own. Chris, how many spices do you have in the home? Uh, Roughly. Over 20. Chris has over 20 spices, and that's probably low. You're probably thinking, 20, I've got 50. Do you know how absurd that is? Do you know if you were to take, gosh, the king of Spain, the king of England, the sultan of this, of that, back then, I'm talking the guy with a with a harem, with ten castles, with an army, with everything else you could possibly imagine. He has he has slaves carrying him around town on a throne while pretty girls feed him grapes and fan him with palms. If you were to show him your not someone else, if you were to show him your spice cupboard, his jaw would hit the ground. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. I can just get salt? You have salt, like, right in the jar, as much of it as I want? Hold on. Pepper? You have garlic in powdered form I can add? Get out. You think I'm joking? Chris is laughing, but it's true. It is true. I've told you this about water. You know, count your blessings, look at that glass of water. In old times... Before the world became so connected, in old times, food sucked. And the thing about food sucking is it's just one of those things you don't realize how bad it sucks until you find food that doesn't suck. My wife She was born in America, but moved to Canada when she was very young and grew up in Canada. And my wife's family, very, very, very different from my family when it comes to food. I will tell you, her family, much healthier, not only physically, but mentally when it comes to food. Her family's like, ah, well, I mean, we'll eat whatever. Okay, let's get get some ham or something. Very, very normal. My family has an unhealthy obsession with food. I bet you money. In fact, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send him a text message during the next break. Chris, remind me. I'm going to text my dad during the break and ask him, what's the date today? October 28th. I'm going to ask my dad today on October 28th what he's eating for Christmas dinner. And I guarantee you, within the hour, I will have a text back of all the things he's already he's already laid out. My dad knows today, as we speak, what he's going to eat for Christmas. That's unhealthy. But that's how I grew up. That's how I grew up. It was plans like that. The, the Kellys, we prioritize food big time. I've traveled all over with my dad for construction stuff. I can't, and he can't tell you anything about any town we've ever been to, except for he can tell you exactly which restaurant to go to and can tell you what to order when you get there. 20 years ago. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's uncanny. And you know I have an unhealthy obsession with food. I admit that. I, of course, I'm now the greatest restaurant orderer in the world. I am, Chris. Everyone knows it. 
So two different cultures, right? Two different cultures merge when I get married. I marry my wife, and this is no exaggeration. I've told you this before. If I would put a little black pepper on something, your standard black pepper. I don't mean the fancy stuff either. Just standard stuff you buy in a jar. Little black pepper on some Kraft mac and cheese. When we first got married, my wife would be chugging ice water with it. Of Oh, my gosh. This is on fire. That's how bland the food was she was used to eating. I come home now. My wife has two or three different hot sauces out to eat whatever she's currently eating. Just drowning it in hot sauces and peppers and spice. And she's making chicken for everyone. And I'm sitting there eating. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. And the boys are all, my lips are on fire. And she says, I don't taste the heat at all. Jesse, do you taste it? And now, what has happened because of that? Now, you go back. You eat this person's this or this person's that. You always loved growing up. And all of a sudden, ah, it's a little. You guys have any hot sauce or or pepper or something? This is a little bland. You get used to certain things. When you're introduced to spice, when all of a sudden you find out what it's like to have pepper on your food, you don't go back. The demand for that goes through the roof. Well, you're only getting pepper over in India. And remember, this is pre-cross-ocean naval ships. Pull up your map. Let's do it together as we do every single day. Go ahead and look up India. You don't have to get you don't have to get specific with it. India. Here we go. India. There it is. Zoom out a little bit. Hmm. India to Spain and Portugal, even zoomed completely out on my phone, does not even fit on the same page. Breathe it in. Look at it. I really do want you to look at it because it can be closer if you don't. If you're in a place to look at it, look at India over to Portugal. Look, taking away the ocean, you can cross seas and things, but just land and see Take in exactly how much that spice has to travel to get to various places. Oh, and it's going up to England, too. Let's add another little English Channel jaunt on the end of it. That is astonishing. So what happens when you have an invaluable natural resource and resource says there's a lot more than just pepper. I'm just simplifying things. When you have invaluable natural resources Everyone else in the world wants, you have to get them from India over to everywhere else. Well, you have to travel over lands. You have to travel through different nations. And just the same way it happens today with things like oil, I know a lot of oil millionaires who don't deal with pulling oil out of the ground at all. Getting it to and fro can make a lot of people a lot of money. And if it's valuable enough, you don't eat. I'm not even talking about individuals or companies. You can build 
powerful nations off of moving valuable commodities to and fro. Hang on. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. All that land and a couple seas in between India and Europe was making a lot of empires very, very, very rich. They loved those spices coming on through. You know how it works. You know how economics works. Everybody gets a markup. Europe needs these spices. It's leaving India. Well, the guy growing the pepper ain't shipping the pepper. Takes her on down to the guy who's going to ship it somewhere, and he gets a markup. Gets paid for it. Guy marks it up. Cruises right along. After the markup, he sells it to a merchant who will take it through this territory. He has a deal with the with the local governor to take it through this territory. Boom, there we go. Oh, that governor's going to get his cut, too. Did I mention that? There's going to be a tax on it. Well, they can only take it as far as this sea where there will be another merchant. And this merchant will actually ship it across this sea to that sea. Boom, you just got another markup. Up, oh, we're on the other side of that sea. Different kingdom now. Are you seeing where I'm going here? Are you seeing where I'm going here? Spices moving between India and Europe across land and sea were making people fortunes. Back to Portugal. Portugal begins to explore, as you know, because you listen to my show. Portugal, all of a sudden, has advanced on the seas, on the high seas, past everybody else. They decide, we're going to be a water power. I love me some spices. I'd also like some colonies. In fact, I bet we could make a ship and sail it around the south portion of Africa and get over to India. And they begin to start that process. Now, you can say that just happened. Believe me, 
It was trial and error and trial and error and people dying and error. And then you're working your way down because just because they're a naval power doesn't change the situation on the ground. You can only haul so much fresh water. That was a big part. I mean, that's the main part. Fresh water and fresh food. They had plenty of food that wasn't fresh, but you guys got to have fresh food or your crew's going to get sick. And so what you do is you start working your way down the west coast of Africa starting little mini colonies there. And there are plenty of deadly encounters there with the various native tribes. But Portugal is an advanced nation at this point, and they're not running into advanced nations really in Africa. Africa was really, really a blast from the past. They're, they, and of course, the Europeans looked at them like barbarians. But, the, but they're bouncing their way down the west coast of Africa Finally, they get a man. He gets around the Cape of Good Hope in the south of Africa, and this is a huge deal. Now, this guy. Let's just let's just make this one guy for now. Sails around the west coast of Africa, loops on around the Cape of Good Hope, and I'm simplifying the story for just to give you the overall point of view. And he pops in the first Muslim port he can find. Already probably some tension there. Here we are, Catholic Portugal, popping into a Muslim port. They haven't been getting along. But okay, not the end of the world. I I actually personally am of the belief they could have overcome the Muslim Catholic thing. But what you're not going to be able to overcome is the, oh, man, I am Captain Portugal. And you know what? You guys aren't going to believe this. I appreciate you taking in my ship today. You aren't going to believe this. We just found a way around the Cape of Good Hope. We're actually planning on taking spices right from India and shipping them back to Portugal and cutting out all those middlemen. Isn't that sweet? Mm, Actually, it's not sweet, as a matter of fact. In fact, I want you to die. They are running into conflict after conflict after conflict along the way. Some of these conflicts bloody. As local leaders find out what is happening. Wait, you sailed from where? What? And they're running into an extremely advanced Muslim world. The Portuguese are. Like I said, Africa wasn't. But the Middle East, uh, the Muslim world was very, very advanced. And these guys were super impressed and blown away by it. By everything except for one thing. The ships. You see, it just wasn't a necessity for the very... We're talking about the Egyptians and the Ottomans and people like that. It was not a necessity for them to have these gigantic trans-ocean vessels. They looked at the Portuguese sailing ships with awe. And look, for their world, these people, they had great ships. And then they got introduced to the whole new meaning of great ships. And the Portuguese, to their credit, realized that these ships were probably going to be good targets for various nations. So the Portuguese went well beyond. Again, a lot of this was trial and error. You learn the hard way. But they went well beyond the, well, we need lots of room for extra pepper. They started putting in things nobody had ever seen before, like, a gun deck with a bunch of cannons on it. Oh, wait, that worked really well. Let's add another one. Ooh, I like that. Maybe another one. Soon, 
Other people still have oars, and you have a floating fortress. Portugal gets clear over there. They are met with obviously plenty of resistance, but not all resistance. Some people were very interested. Well, great. I'll cut out the middleman too and just sell, put a little markup on it myself and hand it right to you and you load it on your ship. They get a foothold over there and soon they find themselves surrounded by Muslims who are trying to eliminate them. Portugal gets word. They send over a naval fleet and blow these Muslims out of the water. And then they look around And they think, oh, oh, wow. We have these super fortresses and they can't do anything about it. So then they blow a lot of other people out of the water and they just start to establish way more than a foothold. Hey, guess what? This is ours now. Do something about it. I dare you. Well, would you challenge, this is the same now as it was then, when you challenge a nation's existence, By challenging what they base their economy on, there is nothing they won't do to stop you. What do you think a country like Saudi Arabia would do, will do, one day, when oil goes out of style? Now, we're not about there. Don't get me wrong. Don't believe all that green stuff. Nothing touches oil. Nothing's even close. But one day, something's going to. And I promise you this. Countries like Russia and Saudi Arabia, they will go to war over stopping that from happening because that's their existence. In fact, as horrible as war is, you can make the argument they're justified in going to war. What would you do to protect your very existence on the planet? Anything, right? The existence of you and all your people. So... The Ottomans and the Egyptians, and just so you don't think this is only a Muslim thing, the Venetians, who were the Venetians, were huge merchants. The Venetians were basically a trading empire, and they're getting rich off the spice trade too. They decide, along with the Ottomans and Egyptians, uh, this cannot be allowed to stand. You guys had better put these Portuguese in their place now, or we are all about to be absolutely finished. And they come up with a plan. Hang on. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show. I know you saw the news about the Dow. I don't want you to freak out, and I'm not going to do the I told you so thing. I'm simply going to tell you this. I lean on experts. I don't lean on my own knowledge. I lean on experts. And every finance guy I know, and I know quite a few because I enjoy talking to them, I find that field fascinating, Every single one to a man says it is an uncertain time in the market. What you need to be seeking out right now is some safety. No, not pulling all your money out like an idiot. 
not talking about that. You need to seek some safety, some backstops. There's nothing better than a gold IRA to diversify your portfolio. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. They will walk you through every step of the process. It couldn't be easier. The Jesse Kelly Show. They come up with a plan, and the plan is this. The Ottomans, basically all the various Muslim places and the Venetians get together, and they decide, we need to get all of our ships, all of our best ships, and we need to take on these dirty Portuguese, and we need to do it right now. The Venetians do this thing. It's amazing how slow things go back in the day. I've always found this fascinating. The the Ottomans, like all these various Muslim countries, didn't know really because they were not shipping people. They didn't know a great way to get their ships over land. Oftentimes you had to get ships over land, big ones. Well, the Venetians did. Again, these were big-time trading people. The Venetians are in this to help them out. They helped them. Take apart their ships, and it takes them two years to get all these ships over and everything else. And they drop them all in the water, and they have this fleet. And here's what happens. The Portuguese have a man in charge of their very powerful fleets, although not very big, not a ton of ships, but uh, these are, I mean, like I said, gun decks in the works. And his name is Almeida. I'm probably saying that wrong. I'm not Portuguese, by the grace of God. Stop, Chris. His name is Almeida. He hears about this large Muslim fleet. He sends his son with a small scouting force over to check out this Muslim fleet. The Muslim fleet traps him, captures him, sinks him, gets a hold of Almeida's son's dead body, stuffs his body full of straw after skinning him, and ships that body back to the Ottoman Empire. Now, I'm a father. I have two sons. I hear stories like that, and I'm already ready to kill someone, and this was 500 years ago. How are you reacting if that's your son? It's not just that they killed him. A father like that with a son like that in charge of a small fleet would accept that there are certain risks. I mean, just being on the water back then. I may never see my boy again shipping out for a day. Storm comes in. Goodbye. But dying like that, And having your body disrespected like that created a level of anger in Almeida that, hard to fathom. Now the Muslims return and they hide in a harbor. They hide in a harbor over in Diu. This is called the Battle of Diu, D-I-U, if you want to look it up. 
Almeida actually has a commander, not that he did anything wrong, it's just his time was up. He has a commander sent to relieve him. Almeida takes the commander sent to relieve him and has him arrested because he will not give up command until he gets revenge for his son. Kind of cool, right? Almeida does not send a scouting force over to this harbor. Almeida sends his Portuguese fleet with him involved. They get to this harbor at Diu, and the Muslims greatly, greatly outnumber in ships the Portuguese. But it is honestly, that this is the best way I can describe it, it is like it is like a, a primitive tribe with sticks facing on facing an army with muskets. That's what this is like. And it is really the equivalent to that. A battle ensues, and I almost I don't even know why they call this a battle, but let me you know what? Let me just go ahead and break this down for you. I believe I have the numbers here. The Portuguese proceed to absolutely destroy almost every single ship in the Muslim fleet, and they lose about 32 men while they do it. The Muslims lose somewhere between three and 5,000 men, absolutely wiping the Muslim fleet off of the seas. Now picture this moment in history. You are Almeida. You have the most powerful fleet on the seas, or at least the most powerful fleet for a long, long ways, and you're in the port of Diu, which was not a friendly port. What do you do? What does Diu do? Um, a, a picture, a picture, picture you're a port city in America. Picture the entire U.S. Navy has just gone to the bottom of the ocean for some reason or disappeared overnight. And you have a bunch of Chinese battleships and attack subs in the harbor. What do you do? The answer is whatever they dang well ask. That's, that's what you do. DU, to their credit, realizes we are in quite a pickle here. And they just start throwing everything at Almeida, and when I say everything, hang on, I'll explain. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker. Your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) 
<gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Tons of money, of jewelry at Almeida, and Almeida wisely sends that jewelry right on back to the Queen of Portugal. He's a man who knows where his bread's buttered. And then Diu, in the all-time desperate move, like I said, what would you do? They offer Almeida Diu. <laughs> they do. They offer him the city itself. He says no. He wants to remain on okay terms. Now, okay terms may be pushing it a little far because you remember, you remember the son Almeida had, you remember what the Muslims did just, just a few minutes ago. Remember what I told you the Muslims did with his dead body, the whole skinning and stuffing with straw thing and Almeida had vowed revenge. Well, Turns out he had taken some prisoners from the battle. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Yeah, it turns out Almeida. He didn't forget about the whole stuffing the sun with straw thing. The prisoners he captured. He had them what was called blown. He had them tied to the end of his cannons and then fired the cannons exploding the bodies into multiple, multiple pieces. They do say when you have uh, somebody tied to the end of a cannon and blow them up in this manner, their heads actually fly up into the sky. And maybe in one of the all-time great finales, Almeida then goes back and the guy who was supposed to take over for him that he locked up in jail, he says, all right, the fleet's yours now. Thanks. I'm out. And hands him the fleet and says, peace out, and walks away. And 
What's amazing about this battle is virtually nobody has heard of it, and this battle is world-changing. This put this put Portugal on the map for over a century now. Portugal vaults up dominance, absolute dominance, because they just had cinched such a foothold on this trade. Now, a couple different things. One, There are reactions to things. And sides in conflicts, business, personal, political, national, whatever it may be, sides in conflicts should be mindful over how much they choose to abuse the other side. Because you ain't always wearing the power shoes forever. I'm sure you've seen tonight, well, last night, I should say, and the night before, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Brooklyn. I'm sure you've seen these Black Lives Matter protests, looting, shooting, just basic degeneracy. The Black Lives Matter disgusting domestic terrorist movement, which is exactly what it is. Not that I'm surprised because it's run by the biggest bunch of turds you've ever seen in your life. Boy, did they not do well with their moment in the sun. You remember a few months ago, George Floyd gets killed in Minneapolis. And all of a sudden, Black Lives Matter, who had been around, they'd been around killing cops, I should say, but they'd been around for a while. Black Lives Matter pops up, and they all of a sudden vault to not some side group the media is trying to ignore. They get vaulted up into national prominence like you can't believe. We have professional sports leagues with Black Lives Matter painted on the court in the end zone. Every athlete's talking about them. Every celebrity. Virtually every single politician, like I told you yesterday, my son, my son's logging into his video games. There's Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. All of a sudden, they are nationally prominent. This could have been a big moment for them. And instead, they have used this moment to abuse and loot and murder. And maybe you can just say I'm putting a sunny face on things. But I think they have handled their moment in the sun so poorly, they ruined a brand. And they branded very well. Don't get me wrong. I always knew they were disgusting. They branded really, really well. Black Lives Matter, the name itself. Who doesn't doesn't think Black Lives Matter? Oh, they branded it well. And they ruined it. Repeated abuse. Repeated abuse. And now the percentage of population who thinks this group is anything but disgusting is very, very tiny. That's lesson number one for today. Lesson number two is this. How did Portugal have a century of dominance? What started that? They shouldn't have. 
They didn't have the land. They didn't have the natural resources. They didn't have this. They didn't have that. What they did have, though, was the foresight to realize the future of power in this world is not on the land. The future of power in this world is on the ocean. Take your territory, have your mountains, have your valleys, have your rivers, have your jungles, have your deserts. I will take the ocean, and I will dominate the ocean, and therefore I will dominate the world. We talk about this election, and it came out again yesterday, a Pennsylvania county wants the new justice, Amy Coney Barrett, to promise to recuse herself from any case involving the election coming up. And I did some digging into this last night. Do you know how many articles I've seen written by this person or that person calling for Amy Coney Barrett to recuse herself from anything involving the election? Let's pause there for a brief moment and think about this. Do you know how rare it is for the presidential election to go clear to the Supreme Court for any reason? Let's put it to you this way. It's happened once. Why do you think so many Democrats almost are acting like it's a foregone conclusion that this is going to the Supreme Court. Hmm. That's weird. Why would you? Who even cares what Amy Coney Barrett thinks about the election? She's on the Supreme Court, but man, you guys seem to be really, really, really concerned that she's on the Supreme Court. You even wanted to recuse herself. Why is that? I want the GOP to listen, and I want them to listen well. And I understand this isn't in your control. It's not in my control. Democrats have been planning on litigating this election for months and months and months now. They are planning on it. They have retainers in place. The lawyers are in place. Each and every swing state has multiple lawyers already on the payroll, already collecting information. If this thing is even close to being in doubt, this thing is going to be decided by the lawyers. Now, I know the GOP knows about this. If I know about it, they know about it. The question is, who is spending the money on the naval vessels and who's pretending things are just going to continue on the way it's always been? That is the question. Hang on.
getting a little stocky. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Listen, Captain. The Jesse Kelly Show. courts you see you and I don't think about it do we and I'll admit I don't I don't I don't think about it enough I mean that's not what elections about are they get out to vote elections are about rallies and commercials and bumper stickers and flags mobilizing on election day tell your friends tell your neighbors What's the enthusiasm gap? What do the polls say? What are the issues that matter? Should we talk about immigration? What about public safety, taxes, and spending? Oh, coronavirus. We can't. Th- coronavirus. These are the things that matter, right? This is politics Democrats versus Republicans. What if we're all focusing on getting across the land? And someone else is focusing on the sea. What if, and I want you to understand this, I'm not going conspiracy theorist on you here. I know what I'm talking about for a fact. Democrats have a massive litigation plan already in place for the election. They do. They have sunk a fortune into it. It is organized. They are already collecting everything they need for it. This is coming. If this election is close, and it very likely is going to be close, this is coming. What if... What if the election's not over on November 3rd? Or November 10th? Or November 17th? What if... What if the election's not over on Christmas Day? And I'm actually not asking this question because of how that story may end for this election. I'm not asking this question as far as Joe Biden. What if if all this is over and Joe Biden's president? What if all this is over and Donald Trump ends up president again? It's not what I'm asking. What does it do 
to the United States of America as a whole, if our election process, if the, if the faith in the election process is destroyed over the next two months, because there are certain things historically, you know, we look at everything history-wise, there are certain things historically that virtually guarantee a nation is on its way out. Losing faith in the election process is one of those things. Guaranteed every single time it ends a nation. The United States of America, people already are starting to mistrust things. Democrats have done this since 2016 when they have thrown their collective four-year hissy fit over Hillary Clinton not beating Donald Trump. It has been Russia, 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 this, this, this. There are They've been chipping away at it and chipping away at it and driving that wedge a little. And, oh, there's a little crack. Let's drive that wedge in there and let's drive that wedge in there a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Oh, oh, the, the post office. Have you guys heard Donald Trump? Donald Trump's stealing post office boxes. Let's have a congressional hearing. They called an emergency session to investigate the post office box thing. Turned out to be a complete fabrication. But it helped. I called it at the time. I told you all on this show. I said, you watch. This is them prepping the ground for post-election. And they are. Just a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. What does it mean for the United States of America if we spend the next two months after a pretty rough year losing more and more faith in our election process? And look, this goes for both sides. Let's just walk through it both ways. What if Donald Trump is ahead on election night, wins in your mind? But it's close. And then all of a sudden they start finding a bunch of Democrat ballots. Weird how that does happen, you know. They're going to start finding a bunch of them. And then Joe Biden ends up winning in the end. Are you going to consider Joe Biden a legitimate president? Are you? Or are you going to feel like you got cheated? And vice versa for Democrats. Think what they've been told. Look at what they've consumed in the news for months now. Joe Biden's up 10. Joe Biden's up 12. I saw something this morning. Joe Biden's up like 17 in Wisconsin or something something stupid. Joe Biden's up. Joe Biden's up. Joe Biden's up big. I've seen article after article. It's already over. Early voting is in. Joe Biden's already won. What if they lose on election night? Do you think Democrats... After four years of being told it was Russia, do you think Democrats are going to think the election process was fair? Or do you think they're going to think it was stolen? I am not trying to get too dark here today. But I don't see how we merge, we emerge from this election with both sides thinking the election process was fair. That is a very, very big deal. A very big deal. And 
What do we do the first time Joe Biden, if he's elected president, what do we do the first time he has some kind of dealing with China where it looks like China got the better end of the deal? You see that Tony Bubulinski stuff last night on Tucker Carlson? We have some audio for you here. Remember the big guy reference in the emails? The big guy gets 10%. Got to get 10% to the big guy. Here's what, here's what the business partner had to say. I didn't generate that email. James Gilliard generated that email. And in that email, James Gilliard goes through intimate detail of what each individual's requests were from a compensation perspective and how the equity in the enterprise would be divvied up. Very important. May 13th, that email was generated by somebody else to me. In that email, there's a statement where they go through the equity. Jim Biden's referenced as, you know, 10%. doesn't say Biden, it says Jim. And then it has 10% for the big guy held by H. I 1,000% sit here and know that the big guy is referencing Joe Biden. Um, it's, that's crystal clear to me because I lived it. I met with the former vice president in person multiple times, and I had been meeting and talking with Hunter Biden and, and uh, Jim Biden and Rob Walker and James Gillier. Where the media has tried to hide, and I personally feel it's disgusting, is between that May 13th email and the final document that was executed called Oneida Holdings, LLC. In Oneida Holdings, LLC, the equity is broken up 20% Hunter Biden, 20% Jim Biden. Well, they're LLCs that represented them. Right. 20% James Gillier, 20% Rob Walker, and 20% me and my investment entity. What I'd ask the American people to read and look at is how from May 13th to the final Oneida document that got executed, did Jim Biden go from a 10% owner to a 20% owner? That's not my question to answer. I'm sure there were discussions within the Biden family. I wasn't privy to that discussion. But this is Jim Biden, the brother of the potential future president of the United States. It's not a distant cousin. What? What's the explanation for that? Hang on. You need a gold IRA as part of your portfolio. I know you saw the news about the Dow. No, you don't have to freak out. No, I don't even need your emails saying, Jesse, you were right. I don't care. What I want is this. I want you to go get a gold IRA from Gold Alliance and protect yourself. Because this is what I'm hoping for one day, and I know it will happen. I know there's going to be a market correction of some kind. And I know, because I'm already getting the emails, many of you are getting gold IRAs from Gold Alliance. I can't wait for the day that comes when there's a market correction and I get an email saying, thank you, you saved my bacon with that. Go get yours, because I want that email from you one day. Goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. When you do that, you can get up to $5,000 and free gold and silver coins. Pretty cool. 
now. He had a fascinating post on social media yesterday. I've been fascinated recently by this idea of the parties, the political parties, shifting. Because parties do shift. I mean, people realize the GOP used to be a huge populist party, especially under Teddy Roosevelt and such. And parties shift. Democrat Party is certainly shifting. And Hans Feeney put up a social media post yesterday about Tulsi Gabbard who a lot of people find fascinating for various reasons. I probably find her fascinating for reasons others don't. However, Hans, I don't want to put words into your mouth. Why don't you elaborate, and then we'll talk about it. This is my political theory. I'll, I'll preface this by saying I'm by no means a political consultant, uh, so I'm just a, a humble parish pastor. Oh, good. So then you're actually intelligent. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that, yeah, that's a great, a great, great question to ask uh, after I say I'm humble. So, um but uh, so this is, uh, this is not so much a theory that comes about based off of uh, you know political theory or policies per se. It's more so just kind of looking at uh, trends that I see in culture and, and also kind of trends in human behavior. So my my uh, theory is that um, there's a good chance that eventually uh, Tulsi Gabbard will eventually become a Republican and become the Republican nominee for president. And uh, it's a fairly simple. Uh, theory that I'll just kind of give you sort of a couple of assertions here to, uh, to lay the groundwork for it. So first is, as you note, that um, we are undergoing, I would say, a, a kind of a massive cultural, tribal, political upheaval and, and realignment um, of the way that we view ourselves culturally and tribally. And, on, and our political parties have not really caught up with that yet, which I think explains a lot of the hostility and tension uh, in the air. So Republicans are sort of midway through ridding themselves of Bushism, you know, so the, the kind of standard, what we all kind of typically think of as Republican platform, you know, corporations are good, interventionist wars are good, and then kind of paying lip service to social conservative issues. And then uh, Democrats are on are sort of midway through embracing wokeism, which is basically going to drive all of the working class uh, voters, basically of all races and ethnicities, I think, out of that party, and it will essentially become the party of um, liberal suburbanite uh, ladies who are bitter. Um, and that, that's at least to me seems to be kind of the realignment of the parties. And um, so that's kind of uh, assertion number one. Assertion number two is that people naturally migrate to the places where they're appreciated. And along with that, people tend to embrace the ideologies of those who embrace them. So we've all seen this in our lives where, you know, you have a kid go off to college who comes from a relatively conservative family. He becomes friends with a bunch of, um, you know, sort of communist sympathizing kids, and he sort of naturally embraces that theology and that ideology because that's those that's the group that's accepted him. Um, on top of that, assertion number three uh, is that Tulsi's demeanor and a lot of her policies. So, you know, she favors some limits on abortion, not as many as pro-life voters would like, but some. Um, is is kind of an interesting thing. Maybe we can come back to that. Um, you know, she's she's sort of big tech skeptical. Um, she has, you know, she's um, has pro, uh, foreign policy positions that um, don't make her fit very well with the woke crowd, um, but will probably fit well with the direction I see the Republican Party going, which is becoming uh, more populist, um, sort of a socially conservative-ish with, you know, kind of fiscally moderate to liberal party. I just think that the kind of the fever dream of libertarians that one day, um, you know, people are going to realize that all they really want are socially liberal, fiscally conservative policies is the exact opposite of the way that everything uh, is going. 
So, um, so I think the new Republican Party, which is going to be relatively big government but um, more socially conservative, would definitely have uh, room for her. And on on top of that, if she is kind of willing to, you know, change a, a few of her positions, okay. and I and I think that this is the thing with in particular with with her is that so I I see Tulsi Gabbard as someone who has an incredibly high ceiling. And people with an incredibly high ceiling go to where they're appreciated. They just don't get relegated to the to the kids' table. I saw some when I, when you and I were going back and forth about this. I saw some people saying that they think she's going to become the new Ron, like the Ron Paul of her party. And I just don't think like you know Ron Paul is like five foot three and kind of whiny voice. And I think people don't take into account how much aura and magnetism matters in politics. So I think the likelihood that she, so the fact that she's attractive, the fact that she's really engaging, seems to be a very tender-hearted person, people like that don't just let themselves get pushed to the side and stay there. They naturally gravitate towards the places where they're going to be rewarded. Okay, but, let's, before we get to Tulsi, because I actually do find her fascinating as well, let's sure. talk about this new GOP, because I don't disagree with you at all. I have long ago accepted that fiscal conservatism is gone. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done screaming about spending and things like that because there's no embrace of spending cuts at all. Everybody just wants more, more, more. All right, let's say, let's say that battle's lost and I lost it. The social conservative part of it, which I agree with you, I believe part of the embrace of Trump, which is odd because Trump's such a different dude, is the social aspect, the culture war aspect of it. I have wondered this about Rick Grinnell, who's a friend of mine, but because he's gay, and now I wonder it about Tulsi Gabbard because she's so pro-choice. If this new, more nationalist, populist GOP is all about that culture war life, and that's fine with me, are they going to embrace Rick Grinnell, who's gay? Are they going to allow Tulsi Gabbard's stance on abortion? I will tell you, I mean, I'm rabidly pro-life. And I mean, I mean, as radically pro-life as you can possibly get. I would never consider voting for somebody who I didn't consider to be pro-life, as hot as she is, that's a big-time hang-up for me, as I think it would be for many right. in even the new GOP. Yeah, well, well, on, on the note of Tulsi and her abortion views, th this is the way I view it, right, is that if you look at the way the abortion issue has uh, gone in the last you know, 30 or 40 years, it took a while for parties to really solidify their positions on this issue. So, um, so, we're, you know, we're now at the point there is absolutely no way that you will get the Republican nomination if you're not pro-life, and there's definitely absolutely no way. You can't even get elected, you know, uh, county coroner uh, as a Democrat if you're not um, fully and firmly uh, pro-choice. So the kind of the middle ground, you know, kind of Bill Clinton position of, you know, safe, legal, and rare, and the sort of the Bushism, you know, position of nominally pro-life except in cases of rape and incest, uh, but we're not really going to do anything about it. That's just gone. So that so the republic. If you look at younger Republicans, you know, if you kind of ignore the gray hairs who are not going to be in office in 20 years, younger Republicans are significantly more committed to this issue uh, than uh, than they were, you know, 20 or so years ago. And I think, at, and likewise, Democrats are shout your abortion now at this point. They're at the point where uh, it's not just that we think it should be legal, it should be celebrated, it should be embraced, and it should be advocated. And I think if you're this late in the game and you hold, and Tulsi Gabbard is the only um, high-profile Democrat that I know of uh, that favors some restrictions on abortion, and I just think if you're this late in the game, if you favor some restrictions, 
you're way more likely to, to come to favor more restrictions than, than you are to go in the direction of favoring uh, no restrictions. And I just think politically, you, it's one of those paths or the other. Remaining kind of neutral on the abortion issue is a very unnatural position for people to take. They, they almost always follow their logic to its conclusion. And, and so I, my approach to this is, if you've got something in there that makes you uncomfortable with third trimester abortions and you're willing to say that, it's not going to take, it doesn't take a whole lot. And in particular, if your own party says you have no future with us on account of that, it's not going to, she's far more likely to go in the direction of experiencing some kind of um, pro-life conversion. And I don't mean that kind of cynically or politically. I, I mean, I do think it could genuinely be um, a, you know, a real ideological conversion there of just kind of the more you look at the issue, the more you realize you can't hold to the position you once held. So I think it's way more mm-hmm. likely that she becomes that 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 she becomes far more conservative on abortion uh, than that she would take the the liberal position. Hans Feeney, we are going to have you on again. This is fascinating. I know you got to run. I know you got other things sure. to do today. Much appreciated, man. Appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me on, bud. That's fascinating stuff. We're talking about Tulsi. Hang on. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three, eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. We're gonna get to this other Tony Bobolinsky audio here in just a minute. But the Tulsi Gabbard thing does fascinate me. I don't want to change the subject off the topic at hand. Oh, we have a voicemail about commies, Chris. Can we play it on air? Or is there cussing? Sometimes there's cussing in the voicemails. Is there cussing? Ah, yes, apparently there was some cussing that has been edited out. I'll play you that in a second. Um, The Tulsi Gabbard thing's fascinating because she does have something. She comes off as patriotic. She comes off as a reasonable person. I am not a Tulsi Gabbard person because she has some radically socialist views I am not all about. I do like her foreign policy. 
I do like her stance against big tech. And let's be honest about this. Being hot matters. It matters for men. It matters for women. I don't know why this is controversial to say. It's probably because we everybody has to be inclusive. That's not saying anything against ugly people like Chris. Being hot matters. Study after study after study shows it matters more for income. It ma- I mean, it doesn't matter your job. Being attractive, man or woman, helps. It's not like you can take credit for it. But being attractive helps a lot. She is very attractive. In politics, that helps, especially because politics is such a visual product now. People are watching the debates. They're seeing it up close. She's nice to look at. It matters a lot. Don't don't live in this world of make-believe, and don't raise your kids in a world of make-believe either. Oh, sweetie, no, you don't ever have to learn how to put on makeup. You don't have to look good for no man. Just Use your skills. What kind of idiocy is that? Of course use your skills while also looking good. I have Carol Roth on the show all the time. Super successful Carol Roth. She has, I mean, investment banker and all these other things. Maybe the smartest person I have on the show. Didn't hurt her career one bit that she's really hot. Not one bit. Of course it helps. TV networks all the time. Why do you think every news anchor on the cable news show, well, not every news, actually, that's not true, but why do you think so many of these people on the news are so good looking? The dudes, you know, all the women are swooning over them. The chicks are smoking on. Even the local ones, my goodness, the local ones. I'm here in Houston, and if you, especially if you're in a big city, but even small towns will know this. In Houston, you could have you could start a uh, one of those bikini calendars with the local new the local news anchors around here. They're they're drop they're jaw dropping. Why do you think they do that? Because it matters. It's a visual product. It's what men and women want to see. So her attractiveness does come into play. Of course it does. Of course it does. Let's not be naive. Come on now. We're not kids here. We're gonna get in trouble for that, aren't we, Chris? Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com if you'd like to yell at me. Or remember, if you'd like to get your Ask Dr. Jesse questions in, we've decided it needs to be first come, first serve, although your question never gets tossed in the trash. If I didn't get to it last week, I'll probably get to it the next week or the week after. I will hold on to it. We are starting to field more questions than we can get to in any given show, which is quite a, quite a difference from when we started out doing the 7 to 8 o'clock at night show on KPRC here in Houston on the great KPRC. Questions were a little harder to come by. Now we have to filter them. We have a new podcast review we're going to have to read. You know I love those. Remember, iHeart, Google, Spotify, you can get all the podcasts of every show, that every show is podcasted, and iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. It's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, and it's not one of those things when we talk about, see, this is the problem when you talk about anything these days, and everyone has to try to make excuses 
Oh, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm giving you the reality of life. If that offends you, that's not my problem. That's your problem. You buck up. You get over it. I, I, I have these conversations, frank conversations with my sons all the time. And I see how it's helped them grow. My youngest has things he sucks at. My oldest has things he sucks at. So we're blunt about it and we work to improve it. And I tell them, look, I do too. And I'm honest with them. I'm especially honest with them when I share the things they suck at. My oldest, a disorganized mess. He's the one who will forget he had a homework assignment here. He forgets he had a test the next day. He misplaces this. He misplaces that. So I sat him down and said, you suck at this. It's terrible. And it's always going to be terrible. I suck at that kind of stuff too. Let's figure out how to fix it so you can make it. Am I helping him by telling him, oh, no, you're great at it. That's idiocy. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. sugarcoat thing for people. Give it to them. People need to be a lot less offended and a lot more tough. Now, I have promised you this and I'm going to get to it. I have multiple other clips from that Tony Bobolinsky interview on Tucker Carlson last night. And what's startling is not only the clips, and we're going to play you some of these clips, What's startling is the American media, virtually all of it, still will not report on this story with a witness, with texts, with emails, timestamps. This is the very definition of verified. And the New York Post is still locked out of their Twitter account for reporting on the story. Wrap your mind around that level of propaganda. Wrap your mind around that. Hang on.
Jesse Kelly returns next. This is The Jesse Kelly Show. Before we get to the Tony Bobolinski stuff, Chris tells me we have to play our voicemail. I will tell you full disclosure on purpose. I have not heard this yet. Jewish producer Chris is the only one who's heard it. Chris, please take it away. Uh, Craig here. I wanted to mention that if this president wins another term, he really needs to work on getting the communists out of the educational system. Hopefully that will be stressed to, so it will be on his mind. Uh, of course, uh, get back the military with the leaders being patriots, two very important things and toward taking the country back. I don't believe communists, actual treasonous activity in this country should be tolerated under any notion of freedom. You cannot allow treason to be part of uh, freedom. That's a bad application of the term to allow a Trojan horse in your own country is ignorant uh, and really very, like so many people, fed up with this nonsense. There's no unifying a country with communists. So uh, it's either they have the whole deal and we lose the country or we fight back and get rid of these people. Uh, that's, I'm sure, the only solution and hopefully people will wake up to that but again i hope it will be stressed to the president to work on the educational system get rid of these damn communists otherwise have a nice day <laughs> we had to edit out some of the words and you know what tell me where he was wrong that is the thing you know what that does it i'm going to do the show i have been considering Considering doing this show for a long time, it's going to take some work, mostly by Chris. I'm certainly not going to work on the show, but it's going to take some work. And daggone it, I'm going to forget his name. There's this interview with a guy, I believe it was back in the 80s. I want to, I want to say his name is Yuri Bezmenev, but that is absolutely not right. He was with a defector from the Soviet Union. And he lays out, I think it's a 26-minute long interview. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull out the relevant parts and play it throughout the show. It's an hour and 21 minutes. Obviously, never mind. It's an hour and 21 minutes. Obviously, I'm going to give you tiny little bits of it. But he simply lays out what their plan was. And understand this about the communists. And especially when it comes to the Soviet Union, because they were really the ones who started it and pushed it out to the world. You need to understand this well when it comes to our conflict with the Soviet Union. It was popular even when I was a small kid. I remember this. To think of the Soviet Union like some big, scary, angry bear out to take us down. They could be landing on the shores. We had, we had movies about it. Remember Red Dawn had the freaking Soviets parachuting in and taking over American towns. I used to believe that forever until I started doing my own history 
till I started reading, till I started learning. And the truth is, they were never, ever, ever in position to take us on head-to-head. They internally 100% knew they were never in a position to take us on. They couldn't come close to matching us. And what they did was, it's actually brilliant. I mean, to their credit, give your enemy credit. To their credit, they knew, well, we can't take them on head-to-head. But we can get in there. America's freedom, America's love of freedom allowed them to get in here and worm their way. It's called the slow march through America's institutions. Worm their way into everything. And now, I mean, he talks about the military. Where do these military leaders get educated? They wormed their way into the American education system. And now we flat out teach anti-Americanism in our education system. Is that not on a macro level? Forget Democrats, Republicans, communism, whatever. Historically, just think about empires and countries. I want you to wrap your brain around that. We just talked about Portugal today. Portugal at the height of its power. Systems of government, set it all aside. What if I were to tell you Portugal, during its time, had a state-run education system? That wouldn't be abnormal. Okay, you're right. Okay, fine. It's it's not ideal. Obviously, not my perfect thing. But that a state-run education system that taught its students how crappy Portugal was. You would be in stunned disbelief. You'd be like, what? Well, that's the, that's the most nationally suicidal thing I've ever heard. What kind of dumb nation would do something like that? The United States of America does that. Your country. My country. We take our children in, and from the earliest age, we teach them how much this country sucks. To answer Craig's question, Donald Trump, if he gets reelected, when it comes to rooting the commies out of our education system, it doesn't need to be priority one. It needs to be priority one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. There is nothing else if we don't eradicate the commies from our education system. There is nothing else that matters. Everything else is rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. There is no United States of America in a hundred years. I guarantee you that this country does not exist unless we get the communists out of our education system. No nation in the history of the world could possibly survive by educating its next generation to hate itself. That's just a guarantee to end. It is a guarantee to end. Either we fight and win that fight, or it's already over. It's only a matter of dates. Oh, on to the podcast review before I get going, Chris. I thought... This guy nailed it. 
or girl. I actually don't know who left this. A most welcome change of pace. This is the iTunes review of the podcast. Tired of your average podcast that gives you the news of the day, no matter how much you really don't want to know how bad it actually is in America? Look for Looking for a hilarious, handsome historian that will make you laugh whilst informing you at the same time? Then look no further than the great shogun of America, Jesse Kelly. Women want him. Sorry, gals, he's taken. And men want to be him. Sorry, guys, it's a high bar. The great oracle of mankind is the one-stop shop for politics, history, and above all, random trivia and life hacks alike. Stop on in and give the man a listen. It's great. Dot, dot, dot. Whatever. (laughs) I love you guys. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Oh, we got a good email, Chris, too. I listen on iHeart, and I constantly feel left out as I'm not invited to leave a review and opine on your talent and Apollo-like voice and physique. Did Apollo have a good voice, Chris? I think Apollo was Greek. Apollo, I believe, was the Apollo the Greek god of music? Look up Apollo, please. He may have been. Boy, for some reason, I thought he was Roman. Oh, man, somebody's chucking something at the radio right now. Anyway, he says, I have, a, I have my wife listen to many clips, but I'm careful not to let her see pictures or video of you as I want her to focus on me and not have a wistful, wishful twinkle in her eye when we are. <laughs> well, keep up the good work. Oh, gosh, I love you guys. All right. He was Greek and Roman. Was he the god of music, Chris? Sometimes I forget. Among other things, are these other things we're not allowed to talk about on the radio, Chris? Some of these Greek gods, I'll tell Oh, man, did I ever tell you about that? My, I, oh, gosh. All right, I'll tell you that story real quick, and then we'll get to the Hunter Biden stuff. Hang on. Gold holds value. I don't need some market guy to tell me that. I don't need a banking guy, some finance wizard. I don't need the smartest man in the world to tell me gold holds value. You know what I have? I have history books. My history books tell me man has been in pursuit of gold since the beginning of time. Why don't you own any? And no, I'm not telling you to go load up the back of your pickup truck with as many gold coins as you can fit in there. I'm telling you to go get a gold IRA from Gold Alliance. Gold Alliance will walk you through this every single step of the way. They know what they're doing, and they will make sure your retirement is not wiped out if this market goes wrong. GoldAlliance.com slash Jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash Jesse. Go get your gold IRA today. The Greek gods, the ancient Greek myths, Greek mythology, really cool stuff. 
Yeah, all that stuff. Odysseus and these. I there's a little more. I mean, I loved it when I was a kid, and I guess maybe I just had more kid-friendly books, or I browsed over certain parts and just didn't know what they mean. But, but I don't remember there being that many adult themes in the Greek stuff, and I mean lots of it. And and I, of course, decided, oh, my boys are going to love this Greek mythology. Who wouldn't love Greek mythology? Or Zeus and all these other things. Who wouldn't love that? I mean, there's flat out, like, bestiality and stuff in there. It is not, it's not good. It is not good. All right. Along the lines of... Unbelievable government corruption. Remember, as we play these Tony Bobolinsky lines from the Tucker Carlson interview on Fox News last night, remember this. This is what you need to keep in mind. The media has blacked this story out. Remember that. The Biden family knew that you're going public with this. And you spoke to Rob Walker about it. Again, the, the self-described Biden family representative and Biden family, the meaning Joe Biden as well. What was his response when you let him know that you were going public with this? Uh, trying to coach me, <laughs> trying to sort of say, hey, we don't want to do that. We don't want, you know, press trucks out in front of our house. I'm going to have to move. Uh, I could lose my job. Um, and uh, all that, um, you know, I'm not trying to cause any harm to anyone in this situation, right. let alone Rob Walker and his family, James Gillier and, uh, and his family. Um, but basically, Rob's position was if you go on record with all these facts, you'll bury all of us. If he doesn't come out on record. I am uh, providing the facts. You're just going to just bury all of us, man. What was your response to that? Um... I was focused on pushing these guys to do the right thing, to demonstrate an ounce of integrity in front of the American people. I wanted to wait until that part before I cut it off, because let's hold up here. Obviously, we hear the video of him or the audio of him that you're going to bury all of us, man. Let's 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 pause for a moment on Tony Bubulinski. I was focusing on getting these people to do the right thing on integrity, so on and so forth. Tony Bubalinski, while all this is credible and verified and documented, and I'm glad he's coming out and saying it, and I'm glad he's savaging Joe Biden, and all this stuff is the truth. I wouldn't like it if it was a bunch of lies. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves about motivations here. This is not a man who stepped forward for the good of the country. This is a jaded business partner who got screwed badly on something and is looking for his chance to return some of that screwing. That's what this is. And there's a good lesson in there, isn't there? Isn't there a lesson in there? Be careful. Be careful who you hose. Be careful who you knife. Be careful who you don't pay. I see it 
in every industry all the time. I see people knifing people in the back, gossiping behind people's backs, trashing somebody all the time. People, life is uncertain. Where you are today is not where you're going to be tomorrow necessarily. And where that person is today is not necessarily where that person is going to be tomorrow. Treat everybody as kindly as you can. That guy you hate, that guy you feel like gossiping about, might be the guy making the decision whether or not you get the job of your lifetime 10 years from now. And I promise you, if you have screwed him over, he's going to return the favor Nobody in the history of mankind has risen to the top solely by gossiping their way there, by bad-mouthing other people there, by being bitter about something. That's just the fact. What have I told you? You want to be in the top 80% of employees in this country? And honestly, 80%, I I might be shorting it. It might be top 90%. Doesn't take an ounce of skill. Show up on time. Do not leave early. Do not return. When given a task, do not return to the boss until the task is completed. Lastly, do not gossip in the office. And I know what you're thinking. I don't, I don't gossip. I have a. When's the last time you walked into another employee's office and said something, anything negative? about a different employee in the country, company. You just gossip. And now if that guy has half a brain, he knows you're probably gossiping about him to someone else. And you're probably gossiping about him to someone else because a gossip is a gossip is a gossip. And as the old saying goes, word gets around. Guess who doesn't get promoted? Guess who gets slowly, silently shunned. Oh, yeah. Keep your opinions to yourself. Here's more from Tony Bobolinsky. Um, th- this is a small point, but I, I, I can't get over it. So you saw a number of reporters say, again, in an effort to bat away your story, your testimony on this, that the chairman referred to in a bunch of these emails, was not Joe Biden. It was, in fact, the government of China. When you see people refer to the chairman thinks this, the chairman thinks that, they're talking about China and not Joe Biden. So I want to put up on the screen. Here is a text message you received from Hunter Biden to you. Hey, Tony, I have an idea. In light of the fact that we are in impasse of sorts and both James's lawyers and my chairman gave an emphatic no, I think we should all meet in Romania on Tuesday next week. So you're hearing reporters say, That chairman was, in fact, the Chinese government. Here you have Rob Walker responding to you. Clearly, there's some confusion over this. And he's saying, I'm going to put this on the screen now. When he said, when Hunter Biden said his chairman, he was talking about his dad. Correct. There's two chairmen in the story. There's Chairman Yi, who is the chairman of CFC. In that text from Hunter Biden, he was not talking about the chairman of CFC. And what Hunter's referencing there is he spoke with his father, 
and his father is giving an emphatic no to the ask that I had, which was putting proper governance in place around Oneida Holdings. So Joe Biden is vetoing your plan for putting stricter governance in the company. I mean, and, and it's, it's right here in the emails. Yeah, Tucker, I want to be very careful in front of the American people. That is not me writing that. That is not me claiming that. That is Hunter Biden writing on his own phone, typing in that I spoke with my chairman, referencing his father. If the world thinks that that my chairman is... Mm. This is a big scandal. Uh-oh. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Joining me now, as he often does, and I think, I think Corey Mills might be at the White House today. Corey, are you at the White House? How are you so big time? <laughs> big time. I, look, look at your Twitter numbers. Look at mine. I don't think I'm close to being big time, brother. <laughs> Obviously, highly decorated combat veteran, even though it was Army, and and Newsmax <laughs> insider Corey Mills. All right, Corey. I, what are we supposed to make of the media, not necessarily the Hunter Biden emails and all this other stuff, the media freeze out? Man, I, honestly, I feel like I've had multiple times today, and this is abnormal for me. I don't, I don't, I can't put it into words how amazing it is they would freeze out a story of this significance. Look, are you really that shocked after we see how biased the media has become, and not just the media, but big tech as well as for all the you know people who enjoy the luxuries under Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act. It is so obvious at this stage. I'll give you one point. That new article that I just wrote that was talking about Joe Biden and how he called Antifa an idea, you know, an idea, not an organization, or Ralph Nadler, who, or Jerry Nadler, sorry, who said, oh, it's, it's just a myth created in the beltway. Do you know that not even certain conservative media outlets would publish this? Now, I've been published in Newsmax. I've been published in Fox News. I've been published in Daily Caller, Washington Examiner. And I sent it out to my usual people. 
and no one wanted to touch it except Newsmax on my banner. What, what do we, how are we supposed to combat that? Or, look, maybe it's this. Maybe we are combating it. Maybe it is the, the different news angles, the media angles. I mean, you've got Newsmax. Maybe it is that alternate voice now. Maybe we're rising big enough to overcome it. But it doesn't seem like, it doesn't feel like it sometimes. Look, when you've got companies like OAN, who's done an amazing job, you've got Newsmax. Uh, these are people who are actually rising. And you're seeing where conservative or, you know, true journalists who came out of Fox and are tired of the Chris Wallace and, you know, all the others who are so left-leaning. I mean, if I turn on Fox one more time and see Donna Brazil and Juan Williams, I'm going to break the damn TV. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's one of those things where I think that there are certain up-and-comings. I mean, you're seeing the numbers rise massively on Newsmax, OAN, and others. The problem, though, is that we need President Trump to be reelected. We need to take more seats in the House. I talked to Kevin McCarthy two weeks ago, and one of the things that you know Leader McCarthy and I were discussing was exactly the social media big tech drain the swamp, Section 230. We have to start taking this serious. And, and Congressman Jim Jordan, who I consider to be a brother, a friend, and a true fighter for America, he has already co-sponsored a bill to basically go forward to revoke 230 so that we can actually start holding these social media giants accountable. And that's going to actually make a difference when it comes to us having fair, balanced, and unbiased media. Do you think it's going to make a difference? And here's why I ask, because I love everything about it. I love everything about dumping this 230 nonsense, dumping these protections oh. for him. Everything about it sounds perfect to me, but I always worry about unintended consequences. Corey, what, are the, what am I missing? There's got to be something, right? No, you're not missing the unintended consequences. There has to be a second and third effect. The second and third effect, in my opinion, is that we need to consider communication to be part of, uh, of critical infrastructure. When we consider it to be part of critical infrastructure, we can then look at whether or not there is foreign ownership within our media. That in itself is a campaign influence operation. We already know. We're seeing the great resurgence of superpower you know, influence operations by China and Iran and even that of Russia. So you know, it's one of those things where we need to ensure that U.S. media – and again, I'm saying U.S., American media, does not have foreign ownership and cannot be manipulated to cover certain campaigns and not cover, cover others, cover certain stories. But yet Tucker Carlson's the only one to actually bring on, you know, Bobulinski to actually call out how things are going. So we need to have a second and third effect. You're 100 percent right, Jesse, as always. Section 230 is not enough. There has to be that secondary measure. That secondary measure is to guarantee and cut out any foreign ownership in our major media corporations. How do we do that beyond just media, Corey? Because I'll tell you, man, when I see, I mean, when you dig into the depths of how powerful, and I don't want to just single them out because they're not alone, but how powerful Google is, what Google knows about you, what Google oh, knows yeah. about me, about everybody listening here, and then you consider how intertwined they are with the Chinese government. I, I, we can't allow that. I mean, it's not like I want the U.S. government to start nationalizing businesses here, but we can't allow that. Listen, I'm not asking for Google to be silenced. I'm not asking for anyone's First Amendment rights to not be provided to them. All I'm asking for is that if you're an actual, you know, big tech like Google or, or you know, Alphabet, I don't care if you decide as the owner of that organization to sponsor one party or another with regards to helping with, you know, uh, supporting a campaign. 
But when I'm going on to your website or I'm going on, I don't need you to start subliminally feeding me, you know, who I should be voting for or trying to influence me. I think that's the part that big tech has to be accountable for. And I think, you know, eventually over time, you're going to see where the FEC and others are going to start coming forward and looking at how they actually have donated towards certain parties, maybe legally, maybe illegally, and looking at different packs and things like this. But look, you, you know who I really have a tremendous amount of respect for was Matt Gates. Matt Gates yeah. was the one who came forward and said, I will not be a part of the swamp. I will not sit and make you know phone calls to try and raise money from big donors just because then they look for favors later on. He understands one of the most critical pieces of you know what's happening in our political system, and it's on both sides. When it comes to this one, I'm an outspoken – in case you didn't know, I'm a conservative. Um, I'm mm-hmm. an outspoken individual, but – I see this on both sides. We can't allow our politicians to be bought by lobby one way or another. And that's why, you know, if you look at California, big tech is just hammering the Democratic Party. So who do you think they're going to sponsor? But going back to my point, bottom line, brother, all I want to see is is Google and all of the large Facebook, uh, you name it. Go do what you need to do to drive your business. But do not try to force feed America your views on things when it's supposed to be an open platform. Have you ever used the bathroom in the White House? Maybe. Man, I want to use the bathroom in the White House. Is that juvenile? I feel like it's, is that a marking your territory thing? I want to be able to say I used the bathroom in the White House. Daggone it, and you've got to do it. Do they give You know a- what? We, 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 we will have to make this happen, and then we're going to have to. I'll tell you what. The next one is you've got to go to the Pentagon. Oh, I've never been in. That has to be a cool experience. Is it as cool as I think it is? You know what? Sadly, the Pentagon still needs some refurbishments. I mean, it's it's okay. not as, it's not as cush as the White House and some of the other areas. Uh, it's not like some of the uh, house buildings, but uh, I will say it's still such a great thing. That that was where I was like my dream job was to be in the Pentagon and you know support operations there. But uh, you know, as a Marine, I don't know if you guys know what the Pentagon looks like, but um, <laughs> it's this you know kind of geometrically shaped thing. Well, that's because we don't have the ASVAB scores to get in. They just they'll have us guard the outside. <laughs> Hey, that's why both of us didn't join the Air Force. (laughs) Amen, my brother. Corey Mills, I appreciate you, man. Man, always a pleasure, Jesse. I appreciate it. Great show, brother. Keep it up. Keep up the fight. Be good. I want to see the Pentagon, Chris. What? I understand. Well, that's the he didn't say the Pentagon wasn't interesting. He's the one who initially pitched Pentagon. He just said it wasn't very cush. I've seen cush. I don't need these high-level buildings because I want to see Kush. You know what I really want to see, Chris? Bad. I want to see a fancy underground bunker command room type thing. Yeah, I'm talking about vacuum-sealed chambers and things like that. One of the coolest I've ever seen when it comes to extra levels of security and things like that was actually Sheriff Joe Arpaio's office in Maricopa County in Arizona. And I understand he's a controversial figure and whatnot now. But I've have I ever told you that Sheriff Joe story? Oh gosh, I'll tell you in a second. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. 
Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Got one more piece of Tony Bubalinski audio here. And, I mean, this is kind of a big deal, right? The Chinese and CFC uh, never viewed me. I'm insignificant and irrelevant in this discussion. To them, it was always the Biden family. It wasn't Hunter Biden. It wasn't Jim Biden. It was the Biden family, who's obviously led and um, and operated by Joe Biden. And in a document that you guys have, and uh, I think it's been provided to you know to the world, the Chinese referenced that because of their trust in uh, the Biden family, that Chairman Yi and Director Zhang are uh, excited about moving forward in this. And in that document, they referenced loaning $5 million to the BD family. Right. The BD family is the Biden family. And notice they didn't say, we're loaning that money to Oneida Holdings, or we're loaning that money to Tony Bobolinsky, or we're loaning that money to James Gillier or Rob Walker. They, once again, not a document generated by me, a document generated by CFC, that they're loaning that money to the Biden family. What are the implications of this going forward? If Joe Biden is elected president, which could very well happen, how does this constrain his ability to deal with China? Are you asking for my personal I opinion? I am. I'm asking for your opinion as someone who's worked with the Chinese. So I think Joe Biden and the Biden family are compromised. Um, obviously, I've referenced that I held a Q clearance. You're briefed on compromise and you know who you're able to talk with and deal and do business with. And uh, I just don't see, given the history here and the facts, how Joe can't be um, uh, influenced in, in some manner based on the history that they have where, here with CFC and stuff like that. Are we comprehending what a big deal this is? Are we comprehending what a big deal this is? Joe Biden taking $5 million from China? Joe Biden potentially as the leader of the free world unable to challenge China because Joe Biden is compromised? That is... That's the biggest deal in the world. And remember this. Remember this. This is not some dude. Just him. These are texts 
emails, recordings. Listen to this clip once again. This is documented. Position was if you go on record with all these facts, you'll bury all of us. If he doesn't come out on record, I am uh, providing the facts. You're just gonna telling just you. bury all of us, man. What was your response to that? Ouch. Texts, emails, voice recordings that you're hearing. He's not hiding information. You know how all these crappy stories, unverified reports of the last four years, hiding information? Well, uh, 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 anonymous sources. Well, I mean, you, you don't know. There were several. We, we talked to somebody in the White House. Well, this was uh, this anonymous source. I mean, I can't tell you my source. Obviously, we can't go into this. Uh, look, you wouldn't know him. He's, it's my girlfriend. It's from Canada. You wouldn't know him. He's presenting all the information on the most watched cable news show in the United States of America. Here are the documents. Here. Here's the emails. Here's the texts. Here's the recordings. Here's everything I have. This could be the most documented political scandal I've ever seen in my lifetime. We have it all. And the American media won't talk about it. The American media and the Biden campaign, and let's be frank, the American media in conjunction with the Biden campaign have decided to call this Russian disinformation. Our own DNI came out and said, oh, no, 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 I, that, no, that's of course absurd. No, this is verified stuff. And our media will not run with the story. We are going to get to election day, and our media is not going to have run with this story. Process that. Wrap your mind around that. That is, man, stunning doesn't put it into words. That's, that's propaganda. That is blatant propaganda. That's manipulating the American public to win an election. And we might have the next president of the United States of America compromised by our mortal enemy. We can't have that. We cannot have that. I, uh, My frustration level with the control of information people consume is reaching an all-time high. How many people are walking in as we speak and voting for President of the United States of America without this information? Shocking. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man. 
you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. All right. Chris, I feel like that got too dark. Is that, did that get too dark? You know, I try not to go, eh, it did, didn't it? It's a big deal. I'm allowed to be dark, Chris. I should have talked about this Rochester guy hiding cocaine in someone else's butt. Well, you know what? That's it. We're digging into that tomorrow. <laughs> digging into it. Get, what? What? We can make jokes. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Remember, you can send in your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, and you can leave voicemails, 877-377-4373, 877-377-4373. I may just play your voicemail on the air. In fact, sometimes the hammered ones are great. <laughs> We've had some great hammered ones, Chris. It's a very high-class show, very high-class show. I see why people like it. That's all. Jesse Kelly Show. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl... She got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE, or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer, they will help you out. 
Who is there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. Over 80 walks, runs, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount.